Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, being a parent, despite being an absolute honor, is most probably the hardest role anyone will ever undertake. Not to say, of course, with the greatest amount of responsibility. Of course, when you find out you're going to be a parent for the first time, at some point your focus and attention completely shifts from who you were to who you need to be. And during this, of course, there is a change process where you let go of the old parts of you behind as you move forward make room for the new and exciting change ahead. But at some point, you have to ask yourself the question, does parenthood change us completely or is it just an addition to our existing life? You know, do we lose these old parts of ourselves or do they just lay dormant for us to awaken them again when the time is right? To help answer this and so much more, we welcome our special guest, Annalise Brandel. Annalise is a certified health and wellness coach and a kick-ass motivator, as well as the face behind Spark Courage. Other than her coaching qualifications, she holds a Bachelor and Master's of Business, both with a major in change management, which nicely ties together as courage and change is what she works with her clients and with us today. Welcome and many thanks for, many thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm looking very forward to having a chat with you today. Yes, I'm one of our partners here at Kittypedia. This is our first chat, so this is very exciting. Um, I really want to pick your brain on this um, because it, it is something that no doubt that everybody, as they grow and evolve through life, that we do leave old parts of us behind to be able to, I guess, I think of it like it's a little bit like a backpack in life, you know, that we sort of have all of these things that we have and it as we sort of continue through the journey of life, we do have to sort of offload some of these things to continue the journey ahead. And to become something greater than we already are, some things do have to change. And I think parenting is a perfect example um, of possibly the best reason to evolve and grow to a better version of yourself, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've sort of all been at a place where we lost ourselves, whether that's at work, whether we lost our job, whether we've just been bored at our job, whether we've been sick or ill or had an injury and couldn't continue what we were doing. But having children changes you massively and I think especially for women your hormones change as well so it's not just something that changes your mind it actually completely changes the balance in your body and there was a study done in Germany that pretty much explained it's not just mothers but fathers as well where different personality traits just change after you become a parent because you're suddenly responsible for a little human being and that changes you. But you do think that having kids does changes a person's personality then, do you think? Absolutely. Um, and it may be temporary, but it definitely changes you because, yeah, you're suddenly responsible for someone else. You suddenly got that addition to a family, like everything you knew about you and your partner and how you live together just completely changes. You may not sleep anymore. You may not see your friends for a while anymore. And your focus is on the baby. So it definitely changes you. Yeah. In situations like this, do you think that under pressure, um, under pressure, of course, as you just referenced, you know, pre pre children, of course, related to, to your professional life, but of course, in this con- 
context of parenting, do you think under pressure that we just become more of who we already are, um, if that makes sense? And the more pressure you're under, it sort of just sort of puts you and your personality um, under a microscope a little bit? I think that depends on the individuals. Um, and it's also been shown in the study that young parents change a lot more than older parents. So if you've already kind of established who you are and you know exactly what you want in life and where you want to go, then adding a child doesn't change your personality as much. Whereas if you're young and you're still trying to figure out where you want to go in life and what you want to do, then having a child just completely throws you off balance. Yeah, so it definitely depends on the individual. That totally makes sense. So like in this situation then, in your experience, how common have you found parents um, ask themselves the question, you know, is, is this my life now? Am I really just going to be just a mum or just a dad type of thing? Um, well, the whole reason why I wrote that blog was literally because that question was just everywhere suddenly. So I was talking to a friend of mine who I know through mountain biking and she pretty much told me that the only reason she started mountain biking was she needed something just for herself, something new. She completely felt like she was only a parent and nothing else anymore. And that sort of sparked a conversation amongst our circle of friends where pretty much almost everyone has children or either super young or some of them even children who are just leaving the house. So literally the whole age, age range from toddlers to pretty much 18, 19 year olds. And everyone sort of agreed that that was something they got to at some point that they asked themselves, well, I'm changing nappies. I'm feeding my child. I'm not sleeping. All I do is live for my child. Is that what my life is going to be like? Is it yep. what it, what it's going to be like until the children are old enough to look mm -hmm. after themselves? And the same week I was talking to my friends about that. Almost every single one of my clients, regardless of whether they were male or female, came up with a similar topic. They're like, I, I don't know who I am. Like, I know roughly what I want to do, but I don't have time to do it. I'm just constantly running around after my children at work. I just, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I want to be. So I think that topic is a lot more common than people talk about. And it was actually quite nice to have such a diverse group of people talk about the same issue within the same time period, just randomly. And I think it was really good for all of them to realize that, oh, I'm not alone. Like other people feel the same. Yeah. And I was sort of want to explore this um, a little bit more in the chat. I just wanted to reference again, just the study that you mentioned before. Um, so I understand that that study had confirmed that having your first child does change your personality. Um, and I've read that so it was a German study. Can you maybe just expand a little bit on that? Um, I, I just, before we sort of move too far into the chat, I, I just wanted to expand on this a little bit because <laughs> it is quite yes. interesting. It's quite intriguing. So absolutely. So the study pretty much followed families for over 10 years um, to see how personalities changed after having their first children and over time, whether they change at all. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much focused on different personality traits. And the major findings of that study were that conscientiousness changes. So you get a lot more aware of what is going on and your surroundings. Um, extroversion changes, especially in young parents. So if you've been an extrovert before, suddenly you're a lot more introverted and you're not as outgoing as you used to be because your focus is on your family unit. So it's I would recommend to literally just have a look at the blog, click on the link and read the whole study because it's just, if I was to summarise it now, we'd be sitting here for an hour. <laughs> but um, it, is, 
it is quite it, fascinating. And I think the key yeah. point is what you you mentioned, the, the findings suggested amongst many changes, openness and people that were a lot more extroverted decrease after the transition yeah. to parenthood. Um, and, of yeah. course, naturally you have to be more conscientious, hard word to pronounce. The hard word. Increases, <laughs> yeah, especially in younger parents. But, yeah, of course that information's in the um, the article, which you've got a link in the show notes. But I guess, you know, the stark reality of what life was like pre-children to having them in most cases is completely light years apart, um, irrespective if you're a younger parent or an older parent, um, but especially when the, the children are newborn. But, you know, by having kids, you know, of course, parents, you know, everybody gains so much and a new perspective on life, new friendship circles, and and you, you see and experience life from a whole new point of view. So isn't this just part of growth and development in life um, and understanding what what parts of the old version of you that you'd like to hold on to and keep and what you sort of move on and get rid of? It's a little bit like spring cleaning your wardrobe, I guess, you know, throwing out old stuff that you just don't need anymore, but you always end up hanging on to the the items that really mean something to you. A little like this, you hold on to the parts of you that help identify who you really are as a person and who, what those things help identify your place in the world. Do you think or not? I don't know. I think it's a mix of both and probably quite individual as well, because let's say you're someone who always liked physical touch and the highlight of your day was to cuddle up with your partner at the end of the night and just have a good time together. And suddenly you've got a child and you're breastfeeding and you're sore and that child is constantly over you, touching you everywhere. And the last thing you suddenly want at night is to be touched by someone because you've been touched the whole day long. So that's sort of a change in personality, even though you like that and you know you're going to get back to that point at some point. Right now, it's the last thing you want. So suddenly you lose that part of your personality then you have to make your partner understand that it's not you. It's just right now for me, something that I don't want or that I just can't stand because something has changed and I'm being touched too much, even though it's a little child with little dirty fingers and I love the child, but it has changed. So probably makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it. And the other part as well is let's say you have a child and they're becoming a bit older, they're toddlers, they start new hobbies. And you suddenly realize, oh, hang on, like, this looks like fun. I want to try that. But it may be something you've never tried before. So you're suddenly learning something new about yourself. And that, again, may shift other parts of your personality that you used to treasure and just gets you to try something new. And it may change you as well. So I think it literally depends on the individual again. Some people don't want change. They want to stay who they were. And for them, it's a matter of figuring out how can I retain myself? How can, how can I continue to be myself? and integrate the child into my current life. Others use the opportunity because they may not have really liked who they were or they were looking forward to change or they just want change. And they use that child or children now to see who else can I be, like what's out there for me. So, and there's no wrong with either. It's just, yeah, it really depends on who you are again and who you want to be. And no two situations, of course, are ever the same because it depends what type of relationship you, you're in, um, how hands-on your partner is or isn't, all kinds of stuff, of course. So I wanted to acknowledge that we published your article titled Losing Yourself, Finding Yourself. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and, of course, just what inspired you to write it? Yeah, absolutely. So 
what inspired me to write it was literally the conversation that I just mentioned before with my friends and a lot of my clients who all said, look, I lost myself. I need to find myself. And a lot of them have found themselves again. So in that article, I'm pretty much sharing a lot of tips that I've been given from my clients and my friends. And a lot of them worked from multiple people. So I pretty much sort of took the top 10 out of everyone I was talking to and combined them just to help people who may still be at the stage where they're lost and they don't know where to start and don't know where to go and just feel helpless. So yeah, the article is pretty much a combination of tips of people who've gone through that situation and came out on the other side and found who they were. So how does someone lose themselves then? I think there's different ways to lose yourself and it could be a massive change in your life. It could be stagnation. It could be that you wake up one morning and you go to work and you think about the fact that I've done the same job for the last 10 years. What else is there? And suddenly you question life. It may be that you've been in a relationship and you broke up with your partner and suddenly you have to reinvent yourself. You have to learn who am I by myself? Who who am I? Um, Again, it may be that you added a child to your family and suddenly the whole family unit changes and all you do is care about a little human and you yeah, wake up one day again and think, okay, so that's what I've been doing the last couple of years, but what can I do for myself? Where do I want to go? And I think sort of what everyone mentioned about that feeling of being lost with children was just sort of, well, I became a mom within seconds, but being a mom is a lifetime experience. So how do I make that work, but still do what I want to do? And the same goes for fathers. Like they may not have the hormonal imbalance that the women have, but everything changes for them as well. And a lot of times these days still fathers are the ones who go to work, who spent the first year pretty much making sure that the money is coming in while the mothers are staying at home. Some people raise their children by their own, whether it's the father or the mother. So they've got even more change because suddenly they have to look after a human being and make sure that they can support that human being. Um, a lot of my friends over here are expats, so their families on the other side of the world, they don't have a support network living here with them. So there's so many different situations and it can cause a lot of overwhelm. So Naturally. talking to my clients and my friends was just like, oh, wow, there's so many different ways of how people lost themselves. Like it could be just everything happening at the same time. It could be just that feeling of, I don't know, what, what next? Yeah, of course. And it's it's the, the aspect of well, if you're in a professional job before and you had a lunch break and you had if you just wanted to pop out and grab a coffee or you wanted to just do any of those normal things and you could just wash your hair when you wanted to. There's just there's we we could sit here and talk for hours on all yeah. of the, the situations that pre and uh, pre children and after children. We, we're all aware of what what they are, but it, this is really a conversation about helping people on their journey to finding the parts of themselves that really help identify who they are in their place in the world and how they can balance that um, with being the best parent that they can be. That's what we're really talking about today. So for those people, especially for those who don't know how or where to start, what do you suggest they do? Because in your article, you share your top 10 tips, um, which I'd love for you to maybe go through them with us now. So, yeah, over to you. When it comes to the top 10 tips, um, the first one is to make sure you've got a support network. So literally from the moment you know that you're pregnant or you're adding a family member, find a good GP or a midwife support network, potentially like talk to your family if you've got family. 
talk to any sort of support network that you can find. If you just don't know where to start, find someone you trust, whether that's a coach, whether it's a health coach, whether that's someone, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there who are sort of mothers or fathers or parental support groups. Just build that network and start building that network before you have your child. Have a think about, okay, let's say I do want to have a weekend with my partner at some point once the child is born. Is there someone I can approach? Is there someone who can help take or just help for like 10 minutes? So yeah, just get a support network, whether that's professionals, whether that's friends, whether that's family, just start building those connections while you still have the time and you can still spend time with them. And a lot of times you may find that there are topics that you may not want to talk to your partner or your friends about. And that's where you can look at either a counselor or a psychologist or a coach. There's so many different options out there. Do what feels right for you. Yeah. So that's my first tip. And again, to start your journey, it's everyone's very different. So don't rush it. Talk it out with someone you trust. Um, ask yourself as well, what energizes you? What drains you? What makes you smile? Like, who do you want to be when you're grown up? And like, it doesn't matter if you're 30, if you're 20, if you're 50, like, I don't think any of us feel grown up. Like we all still keep growing. So like, ask yourself, who do you want to be? Think about a vision, whether you draw it, whether you write it, um, just figure out where do you want to be? Like, what does the ideal life look like for you? And then work backwards from there and take baby steps because you're not going to make big changes just straight away or overnight. It's just going to overwhelm you and just going to stress you out more. Literally plan backwards, break it down into little goals. Like, what can I do in three months from now? What can I do next week? What can I do tomorrow? And then just go from there and do it in like small, very small steps. And they're great points, irrespective if you're um, expecting a baby, if you have a newborn and or if, irrespective of how old your child is. Um, Absolutely. They're great points. Um, so thanks for sharing those. Yeah. The second point, you talk about being open and talking to your partner and how that's really critical. Can you maybe expand on that for us now? Yep. So, for example, what I mentioned before with the touch example, like your partner isn't a mind reader. They're not going to know what's going on. If you suddenly get upset or angry, they won't know why. If you're stressed out and tired, they won't know why. So really take the time to talk to your partner about how you feel, what's going on through your mind. Um, get them to share as well. Ask them how they are, how they're seeing things, because we don't know what's going on in their mind. They don't know what's going on in our mind. So take the time and try and talk it through. And again, if you don't feel comfortable talking directly or if you need help, get a third person to just mediate. Get a third person that can help ask questions if you don't know where to start or what to say. But often it's just enough to have a glass of wine or a hot tea and sit down on the couch together and just have that chat and say, look, let's figure out where we are, where we're going, how we're feeling. Yes. So. And, and not to bottle things up. It's extremely important to be able to get those things out. And if you find it difficult to be able to maybe speak to your partner, as you said, there's always allied services, um, psychologists and other sort of professionals that can sort of help you yeah. um, through that. But I think definitely not holding on to your feelings and getting them out and speaking about them is extremely, extremely important. Um, yeah. Number three is how you can focus on yourself um, for a bit. Um, how with I guess focusing on yourself for a little bit, how can that help restore your balance a little a little bit more? That's a good one. And I think that's something that's for all of us, regardless of whether people have children or not. Like sometimes you just need that time out. Sometimes you just need to be by yourself, sit with your thoughts, whether you're going for a run, whether you're just sitting in a cafe and reading a book and drinking coffee, just 
having time to sort of calm your nervous system, calm down, do what feels right for you and be with yourself because we're constantly surrounded by social media, by partners, if you have children, by your children. So it's just good to get away from it all. It will help you structure your thoughts. It will just help you to relax a bit more. And some people relax by going for a run. Other people relax by just having a nap. Like it's, again, it's very individual, but it's just, it's really focused, like um, hard for a lot of people to focus on themselves because there's always something that needs to be done. Like there's washing to be done. There is dishes to be done. You may have to go to the supermarket, do groceries. You've got to pick your kids up from soccer. You've got to go and like buy a new jumper. There's always something that needs to be done, but sometimes it's just important to ignore all of that and say, okay, I'm maybe going to the shopping center. You know what? I'm going to get a massage while I'm there. Just figure out a way to spend time with yourself and be with your own thoughts. Yeah, it's so important not to just keep pushing through hardship and find ways to offload some of those pressures definitely in I think balance is um, one of the key words. It's so much easier said than done, of course. But this, as you said, it's just little things, you know, every other few days, all these things can make a difference. Um, and you mentioned also in the article to spend 10 minutes a day for yourself. So why do you think we, we should make a rule of taking 10 minutes a day for ourselves and that that is something that everybody in the household should be aware of also? So um, that's actually one of my favourite ones. Um I think the point that I made before to like get out and take time for yourself and potentially get a babysitter, it's something that may not work every day. Like everyone's busy and it's something that you may do once a week, twice a week, once a fortnight, but 10 minutes is doable. Like 10 minutes is not a lot of amount of time. And if you think about sometimes you just grab your phone and suddenly half an hour has passed and you've been on social media doing nothing. Um, 10 minutes is a very short amount of time, whether that's when you've got children and the children are asleep, whether you get up 10 minutes earlier in the morning than you used to, it's easy to do, but it's hard to do at the same time because you have to make that rule, whether it's the same time every day, whether it's whenever you can, but it's, it's 10 minutes and it's just 10 minutes. And I, I don't mean 10 minutes by like, oh, I'm quickly going to escape to the loo and I'm just going to sit there for 10 minutes because no one's going to interrupt me or 10 minutes in the shower that doesn't count like that's time you've already got it's to really sort of focus on saying I deserve that I value myself and I'm gonna take these 10 minutes and I'm purely gonna focus on myself and whether that's 10 minutes sitting on a rock staring into nothing whether that's 10 minutes drinking a cup of tea it's 10 minutes of not doing anything and just really sort of appreciating your environment appreciating what's going on around you taking a deep breath and relax and just focus on what's going on in your head, what's going on in your body, how you are feeling and just bring that awareness to yourself. And I think it's probably um, a good idea to understand what point in the day that you should almost structure that, that 10 minutes for yourself whenever it is. It might not be possible while your partner's at work and, you know, your hands are full and you have the kids and everything's happening all in the middle of the day and might just be if you're a morning person that you take those 10 minutes in the morning and where your partner can share the responsibilities and if you are a single parent also just understanding around just life in general how and when um, that you can actually make that time but I guess everybody when you think about it can find 10 minutes of, of, of your life it's only 10 minutes um, so and what what you're putting in and um, I guess with regards to a time aspect, what you're getting back from an energy perspective is tenfold. So um, it is definitely worth it. 
Um, the next point, I'd love to know why is it important to have the perspective of seeing the world through the eyes of your children, in particular to help um, with developing, I guess, new and fun activities, hobbies and things to do with the kids? I'd love to know what your thoughts are on this one. So my thoughts on that one are quite interesting and it was a conversation I had with a few people because what a lot of parents did was just focus on the child. The child wants to do something, that's what we're doing. But when you think about it, of course, that's normal. But when you think about it and what you can learn from your children and like focus on it that way, your child might love to go to the playground and sit and sand. You may learn that you're actually really good at building sand figures. Be curious because there's so much out there that you may not know that exists. Just, yeah, be curious. And children are inherently curious. Children haven't been pre-programmed to not question things. They will question everything. Mm-hmm. So follow their example and just explore. If they want to jump off a rock into water and they can swim, try it with them. But also at the same time, like a lot of times what I've heard was that people try to structure their own life around their children But your children may give you ideas on how you can actually integrate having children into your own life. For example, if you used to run and you always loved running and you used to run mountain trails or went trail running, that's not going to work with a little toddler. Like you can't carry them around with you. Strollers don't go through. But you may find another way to do it. Like nothing's stopping you from having a stroller where you can put your toddler in and run to the playground, spend some time with them at the playground and then run from there. So you can still sort of integrate what you enjoy doing and have your children with you. And a lot of times the children will give you the idea of what to do. They may see something and just run off and follow it. And suddenly you see something new, explore something new and your creative side comes out again. And the more creative you are, the the more curious you are, the more ideas you'll suddenly get about something that you may enjoy doing. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. And now the next one you mentioned is about parental support groups that they and they are a wonderful way for everyone to feel heard and to feel supported and understood. Um, you know, by peers. Um, these groups, of course, aren't necessarily geo-targeted. Some of them are, um, but not all of them. So you you may be speaking to parents all over the world. Um, about similar problems. And it's as I said, it is. I mean, social media was was created in that first instance like like for the for this reason to be able to feel heard and supported and understood and to voice your opinions um so now why do you think that this these types of support groups and being part of them is a must-have I guess for any parent in their bag of artillery I guess (laughs) I think it's good to share because a lot of people aren't aware that they're not the only ones going through a certain situation. Yeah. And if you meet people who are going through the same or who have gone through the same, suddenly you've got people to bounce ideas back and forth with people who know how you feel, people who can relate to how you feel. And yeah, that might be the social media groups, but also let's say some gyms offer a crash. So you can literally go and work out while your child is in the crash with other children the same age. But you also know that all the other parents who are working out at the same time, they're going through the same. They want to continue what they like. They want to continue doing their workouts. But they also got the same situation that you're in, that it's not always easy. So whether it's in person, whether it's online, yeah, you have people who enjoy the same chats that you enjoy, whether that's yeah doing something where someone looks after your children or whether that's an online support group. But you can build connections. And especially if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of family around or who doesn't have a big support network, 
it's a great way to meet new people and to potentially even make new friends who are in a similar situation. And you may get to the point where you do things together or where you can just say, hey, do you mind looking after my child together with your children today? And you get time off and then you swap over. So it's always good to network and it's always good to make new friends. So it's a perfect way to do it. Yes, I totally agree with that. Um, The next point I'm really, really passionate about which is about finding something that you've always wanted to do. And I'm sure that everyone, when you think about it for a moment, has a list or you know a few things that you've always had an interest in, an activity or something that you've wanted to try, do an experience, but you've just, for whatever reason, just never got around to it. I was like that quite a few years ago, um, in particular with flower arranging, would you believe? Um, but which is like I always wanted to do. Um, I'm really fascinated with the Japanese um, a flower arranging called Ikebana, um, I didn't do, I've, I've done an Ikebana class in Japan, but I also did did classes here in um, flower arranging purely just because it was something I'd always wanted to do and it was something I wanted to tick off my bucket list. So I think everybody at some point or another will find something that they've always wanted to do, it could be pottery, whatever, whatever it is. So um, in, that, in that respect, I'd just like to expand on that a little bit more and why do you think this is so important and a really valid point for parents uh, to, to think about sort of, I guess, you know, starting to tick off those things off the bucket list that they've always wanted to do? I think, like, there's a few benefits to it. And the first one is if it's something you always wanted to do but you've never done, then it's usually because it's something out of your comfort zone. It's something that will push you. It's something that will make you grow whether you want to or not. Let's say um, for me personally, one thing I always wanted to do was start gymnastics. And I remember I was 12 years old and I went to a children's gymnastics class and a trainer literally just looked at me and went, you're too old, go home. And I was 12 back then. So I went home and never looked back, never tried gymnastics, never did gymnastics. And I I moved house a couple of months ago. And for some reason, I'm like, I need to try something new. I need to do something new. So I Googled adult gymnastics. And this Monday, I was in my third adult gymnastics class. And it's great. Good on and you. Half of the people there are people who started within the last couple of months as well. And everyone is sort of, I'd say, between 25 and 55. So it's a complete range of people, women, men, just people who wanted to try something new. And a lot of the people are people who just moved to the area, like myself, who wanted to try something new, but also use it as an ability to meet new people. Yeah. Um, then, like the, my friend I was talking about before, who started mountain biking. So she's always wanted to do something active, didn't really know what. So just grabbed her bike to try it, fell in love with the sport, kept riding. Now her whole family rides. Her husband got into it. Her children all got into it. So it's a great way to start a family tradition as well. So it's it's not just for you to get out of your comfort zone and try something new and you will feel amazing because little successes just make you feel good. You try something new, your adrenaline goes up, your courage goes up and your confidence will increase. But it may have the side effect of starting a family tradition and suddenly you've got everyone involved and you get to spend time with your family doing something you love and suddenly that's not time you spend away from them. It's time everyone spends together doing something they really enjoy. Yes, I think this is an awesome point. I just remembered actually one of our staff members, Amanda, who does digital marketing and she writes me about articles. She's going through the same thing at the moment too. She's always wanted to learn how to play guitar her whole life. And uh, as hard as it is, of course, to try and 
to learn a new skill or whatever it is. Um, it, it's it's so um, invigorating as well at the same time. So it's I, I love this point. So thank you for including that and sharing that those points with us. Um, the next one I think is equally as important by not comparing yourself to others. Of course, when we do compare ourselves to other other people um, in any situation, we don't see our own strengths. Um, but with with without knowing it, you know, we're most likely um, to find that you also are looking to others for their approval also. So why do you think that it's so important to accept um, that every parent, every family situation is different and that no two are ever the same and that comparing in this manner is really quite futile? I think part of that is we're all very different. We all come from different backgrounds. Like you may have grown up in a very wealthy family with a nanny. You may have grown up with a single mom that was working her ass off just to keep you happy so it's very 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 different and the only thing you can do is your best like you do the best you can and it may be completely different to the best someone else's can but you can only do your best and comparing doesn't help and especially with social media and Instagram the amount of people who post their children all over Instagram and all you see is the happy life and the adventures they have and what they do you're not going to see someone post a photo of themselves curled up on the couch, crying their eyes out because they had a tough day. Like no one's going to take a selfie of that. People share or take selfies or take photos to share when they're in a happy moment and they want the whole world to know that, look, life is great. And that way, especially in these days where everyone's on Instagram or Facebook or even LinkedIn, like all the different social media types that they're out there, most of the time you only see the great moments, the happy moments. You don't see the child throwing a tantrum in the supermarket. You don't see the child who just fell off a tree and broke their arm. Afterwards, maybe smiling with a cast and getting signatures on it. But in the so like on at least on social media, you usually to see the good parts. And it's very easy to just think, oh, everyone's having a great life. I'm the only one who's having issues. I'm a terrible parent. That's not the case. Like you're doing the best you can and everyone else is doing the best they can. Yeah. And I think that's where the parent support groups come in again as well, because at least with those ones, people are usually quite honest about their problems. They're honest about the challenges they face. And it's good to share these challenges with others. Whereas if you just look at what your friends tell you or what's happening in your network close by, you usually just see the good parts and doesn't really help or you see someone who may have their third child they've got to figure out out and you think this is easy like why why are they having it so easy why am I struggling it's not necessarily because you're doing a bad job it's because you're doing what you can and they may have grandparents they may have great-grandparents they may have a massive support network you may be living in a country where you literally just moved to and you don't know anyone so yeah, don't sell yourself short, but don't compare yourself to situations that aren't like to like. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. Look, the next point I'd love to know, like why is the concept of time so important to take into consideration with children and just daily life in general? I think we all tend to rush a lot, like these days, everyone's always on the go. You're going to work, or even if you work from home at the moment, as a lot of us do, you sort of, you wake up, you've got to do something, you're rushing. You, let's say a friend of mine has a couple of kids and they all play different sports. So she's constantly rushing. She's rushing to soccer. She's rushing to rugby. She's going to swimming. And it's just getting everyone everywhere on time. So she feels like it's just too much. Everything's going on at the same time. And now for 
those of you who've got young children, they may be sitting in their car seat and then realize their favorite stuffed toy is still in the house. There's no way you're driving off without getting that stuffed toy. So you're going back inside and suddenly what you thought takes 10 minutes took half an hour. So plan ahead and just take that little extra time. Just expect everything to take twice as long as it normally would, at least in the beginning, because you're learning as well. It's not just, especially if it's your first child, it's not just that the child has a feeding schedule, has a sleeping schedule, might fall asleep and you don't expect it. And suddenly you're stuck in the car because you don't want to wake baby up before you're going back inside the house. Just expect everything to take longer. And that was the tip that literally every single one of my clients and almost every single one of my friends gave me to put into that article was just expect everything to take time, learn to be patient. But if you expect everything to take at least twice as long, you may get that hidden little moment of, oh, I've got extra time now. It actually went quicker than expected. But yeah, try and sort of plan for everything to take longer than you would think it does because that was the biggest surprise to a lot of parents according to them when they had their first child that yeah suddenly there was no time for anything because everything took forever Mm, okay so that that in itself I mean is a big shift I think for anyone that sort of being pre-baby to having children is the fact that your time is just your time you could manage it if you're going to run out the door to work whatever it is that you're only looking after yourself generally um and then of course as you've just explained with kids everything you need double the amount of time so this is something that we do need to take into, into consideration um also so very valid point we can expand on that and talk until the cows come home about all of the challenges that parents have, of course, of getting kids out the door, um, put your shoes on and all of those stuff. We know all this stuff, but this is just something to take into consideration, I think. So thanks for sharing that point. The last point I'd like to understand um, for you to expand on a little bit more about, you know, why do you think it's so important that that your kids see you just being happy uh, happy in life, happy with your significant other partner, if it is um, the, the parent of that child that you're still with and or if you're not with them, if you have a new partner or by yourself, if you're a single parent. What, why is this, this so important? I think most parents want to see their children grow up happy and children pick up on anything. Like children pick up on your emotions. Children know if you're not feeling well, they will know. If you're angry or upset, they will know. So Mm -hmm. if you're happy and if you're relaxed, they will know as well. So a conversation I had with a client recently was about her being really worried that she works so much and she rarely sees her children, but she absolutely loves her job. And she's a single mom as well. So she's literally just worried about not being there for her children all the time. However, her children are five and seven now. And the seven-year-old recently said to her, mom, I love seeing you happy. And she's like, what? What's going on here? And the kid was just like, look, like I've been to so many of my friends and the parents are miserable. And that's literally quoting the seven-year-old. Um, but every time you're with us, like we're doing something fun, you're happy and it's good to see you happy. And that was literally all that kid said, but it was sort of a really good kind of reminder for the mom that well she's doing her best and she's setting a good model to her children like she's a good role model to them because they see her happy and they understand that it's okay to do what you love or it's okay to do what you need to do because 
what's the alternative to it? And yeah. also if children notice that you're stressed and you struggle, they will start to support you. They will start to do anything to make you feel better. And that's a time where you need to sort of ask yourself, is that what you want for your children? Do you want your children to look after you? Do you want your children to sort of spend their childhood not being very free, but to constantly worry about you because you're not happy or you're not feeling well? Or do you want your children to grow up and see, ah, this is what adult life can be like. Like, this is what we're going to be one day. We're going to be this strong, confident, happy person. So right I think, point. yeah, being that role model for children for me is like one of the great points and one of the big points I've heard from everyone I was talking to just saying, yep, like there's only so much we can do. We can only give our best, but we don't want our children to grow up too quick. We want them to be children. And that only works if they see us being happy. Yep. So that's how that whole point came about. Valid point. Well, I guess if you could only implement one of these 10 tips um, as a starting point, um, which one would it be? That's a very good question. Um, I'd say if I could only implement one of them, I'd take the 10 minutes a day to yourself because it's something that's quite easily done. It's something that can give you the time to think about whether it's the other tips, whether it's something completely different. It gives you the time to sort of come up with what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? It gives you the time to think. It gives you the time to come up with where do you want to go and how to get there. So I think that's sort of the prerequisite to just get started and doing things is to take that step back and just take those 10 minutes to yourself and just breathe. Yes. And of course, we're going to have the link to this article for everyone to, to read, um, of course, in the show notes. But if you were to, I guess, summarize your key messages for anyone watching and listening today, what would they be? Um, I'd say the key message is to, first of all, understand that you're not the only one who may feel lost. Um, it may be you feeling completely overwhelmed or just not knowing where to go. But yeah, you're not alone. There is other people who've gone through it. There will be a lot more people who will go through that. Whether you're a parent or not, it's something that happens to pretty much everyone at some point in their life. But it's nothing to despair about. It's something you can find yourself again. There is a lot of ways to figure out who are you, where do you want to go, how can I get there? So I'd say just yeah, take that step back and then take your time to find who you are and figure out little baby steps to get there. Annalise, thank you so much for your time today. And, of course, if anyone um, has got any questions, I'd like to reach out to you um, and, and or work with you, of course, as well. Whereabouts can they find you? Um, the easiest way would be to go via my webpage, sparkcourage.com.au. Um, and there is a little booking calendar on there. So you can just book yourself for a free call and just have a chat with me to see about where you're at. Is there something I can do for you? Is there something we can do together and go from there? Wonderful. I can't wait for our next chat. Until then, take care. Stay safe. Take care. Thank you. You too. Right, Good bye. to see you. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone, and you've been listening to Kiddypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. 
You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.